where the mysteries of Gravity Falls creep into the non-animated world. This is the Gravity Bros Podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm Alec. This is my brother, Lou. And bro, I went on a run right before this episode recorded, and there's a non-zero chance that along the way I teleported, or rather time-traveled, to yesterday and back. I don't know for sure, because for all I know, the environment looked exactly the same as it would yesterday, as opposed Uh, to today. But there's a chance. Well, I wonder how that affected your splits, is my first thought. (laughs) Honestly, the Strava app was going wild, so there was some weird frequency stuff happening, and my time seemed a little bit quicker than it should have, so... Um, ah, I see. All I'm saying is, if there is not a time baby, how am I supposed to know whether I time traveled or not? I, I think that's just called cutting the course, Alec. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> However you look at it, it was not the year 2712. 20,712? What do we start calling years when they go into the five-digit mark? You probably still just call it the most, like, relative thing. So you'd probably still call it, like... Yeah, well, I, the 20s right. still, or whatever, right, well, you know? Right, because think about it. So we don't say 2012. Maybe some people do. You would say 2012, right? Well, that's true. You still call 1920 the 20s. That's weird. Okay, that's true. We're, we're in the so, 20s. <laughs> so whatever you want to call 20,712 in year form, uh, that actually, is where, yeah. It, we're even more the 20s now because we have a zero in front of it. That's the 920s. Technically, right? This makes more sense to call us the 20s where we're at. Okay. Um, In 20, yeah, 2020. Yeah. The 2700s, no, no. All right, everybody in the Discord, th- this is the very first assignment today. It's early. Please yeah. tell us how you would say the year 20,712 uh, in verbiage. I, I'd be early willing to bet that a linguist do know the answer. I'll bet there is an answer to that question. I bet there is too. Uh, well, that is the year that we start off on in this Gravity Falls episode. Our cold open is a character that we are familiar with, Blendon Blandon, the time traveler from season one, running from the law. And he gets surrounded by the Time Paradox Avoidance Enforcement Squadron. I, I wrote that really fast, so I'm not 100% sure if I got it right, but that was my impression. Uh Anyway, he's in trouble so because funny. of what happened in season one, where Dipper and Mabel uh, stole his time device from him. And now he's basically committed a time crime. So they catch him. Everything he can say has and wait, let me try this again. Because <laughs> they say this in like a very time pun type way. Oh, it's Every- great. It's great. <laughs> Everything you say can and has been used against you in future court. In future court. I wrote the same thing. (laughs) How is that for like a past, present, future, like, juxtaposition? Totally threw me off in the writing. The thing that I love about it is that, like, it it matches my personal, like, I'm not going to, I can't call it a belief system because I don't, I don't really know on any way. And I'm more belief that I don't know than I believe that I know anything. But what I'm what I think kind of makes sense is the idea that time exists in a single plane and that we experience it. So technically everything has happened already in the sense that it's all happening at the same time, but we're just experiencing it in this way. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think that that's going to be an important thing for us to be considering as we go through this episode, 
Because are you saying that you do or do not agree with the Gravity Falls depiction? Or is it possible that we just don't know? Based on oh, it's, I'm certain that I don't know. <laughs> right, because if we're going off your theory, correct me if I'm wrong, we'd be operating under the assumption that the Time Baby era is the present. And the Dipper and Mabel stuff is far in the past. And the present no. is just like a consistently moving thing, no? No, the present is literally all the time. There's no past or present. Time exists constantly. All time is experienceable at all times. It's it's really hard to wrap your mind around because we don't experience time in that way. But this theory is that like the only reason you experience past and present is because of your relativity. But time itself doesn't work that way. That's our ability to exist and live within it. But time okay. itself can be perceived all things at all times, technically. Interesting. Okay. So and that's what time the, baby likely perceives. Right. It's the perception of us that looks at things like past and pre or past and future rather. Yeah. Uh, and it's likely that model. time baby. Yeah. It's likely that time baby has an insight into all time events at all times because he can see time as it is in, in its constant form. Does that make any sense? This is uh, theory. I don't really know what I'm talking about, but I've studied a little bit of it with my physicist friends. Yeah, well, for as many times as we've said Time Baby, we technically haven't even gotten to them in the episode. Because uh, yeah. right now, this is just Blendon Blandon getting arrested, and he says, I invoke Globnar. And immediately, the guards are like, oh, okay. Oh. Uh, and they ask him to give the name and century of the accused. So clearly, like, he's using some kind of legal right to say, these people are responsible for my crime, and... I want to duel them basically in a coliseum yeah. uh, so that I can try to, as we find out later, get some, what's it, what's it called? Like the time device? You know, I don't know, but I'm glad to know that the future is just as bureaucratic as it is now. <laughs> it's an interesting point. Um, I'm sure that we'll get the name of that object as we go. Uh, the important thing now is just that Dipper and Mabel are in trouble. Uh, because they start appearing on screens all throughout this future world because they have been invoked. And uh, also, if you mm -hmm. if you notice, it also says live stream on there, which I also think is really funny because it's a subtle joke at the fact that they believe that time is existing at all times. So even though that's in the past, it's still a live stream because it's happening right now by their standard. Oh, okay. That's actually kind of interesting because that means that your theory of time actually would, in that case, apply to this, right? Well, I'm more calling it their theory of time, but yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I can kind of understand that. Yeah, I mean, so that's like the conventional understanding of what, like, the, that's what the, as far, that's my understanding of what the theory of time existing as a single thing as opposed to anything else i don't know i'm not I, i'm not a physics person no you're good I'll, I'll let you quit while you're ahead because i feel like you've said a lot of interesting things so far and it does make i sense hope so <laughs> yes that's uh, good also the time wish that's what they're trying to win because yes. the winner of this coliseum uh gets uh kind of an opportunity to i guess in some ways change the time continuum which maybe does not fully lend into the theory that it, it's puss in boots too oh interesting so i'm not don't spoil me. I'm still dying to see that movie. Oh, you um, haven't seen it yet? No, I've heard oh, it's great. shoot. Okay, I'm not going to say it. Oh, man, I was going to make so many more jokes. through. Okay, no more jokes. That's the one. Everybody heard it. <laughs> <laughs> great. Everybody go watch Puss in Boots 2 when you're done with this. It's really good. Really, really good. Uh, so, 
that's the end of the cold open. So we're getting yep. this future time period. But then, of course, we're back to Gravity Falls, where our beloved heroes Dipper and Mabel are getting vending machine candy. But as it gets trapped, in comes the hero Seuss to kind of use a little trick and get the vending machine open and give them all of the candy. A um, trick that he learned from some brilliant person. Ah, uh, yes, some brilliant person. And Mabel eats it immediately. Dipper says he's the best human ever. And while Seuss goes to help Stan scratch his itch for some reason, uh, he they decide to steal his wallet. Right. Uh, so what? It's they have what? like a moment where it's like maybe this is a bad idea, but then they're like SpongeBob and Patrick in the treasure <laughs> map episode where their eyes just immediately get glued to the map after they think about not looking at the map. Anyway. Uh, this is one of those kids doing the morally wrong thing to do moments that I just think is funny. You know what I mean? Like, wow, isn't Sue such a great person? Let's let's dig through his wallet. That's a fun. <laughs> like, yeah, wow, they're not, they're not trying to steal anything. They just want to know what's in there. Uh, That's true. That, and that's they do find slightly more innocent. Yeah, they do find some interesting things. They have a laser tag membership, uh, emergency cool. salami, which Mabel respects. Alec does not. Oh, I respect both of those things. Well, really? I don't respect salami because it's it's if you're contributing to that industry, it's bad for the environment. Right. But you respect but the food. idea that he would be carrying around food. That that's not gross to you? It's good to bring snackies. You gotta stay stay fed. All right, I guess. Uh more importantly, because I'm pretty sure the <laughs> salami doesn't come up again in the episode, uh, they see on his ID that it is Seuss's birthday. Uh, yeah. And Dipper's kind of like, oh, I wonder why he hasn't talked about that. But Mabel being Mabel is like, oh, I bet he's just hoping that somebody's going to throw him a surprise party. We also got his full name, which I wrote down and I can't pronounce, but it's the first name is Jesus. And I didn't know that. Oh, actually, yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't pay enough attention to uh, the name that we were given. But... I wrote it, but I, I don't, I I'm, don't want to, I don't want to try. I think sure, his last name is Ramirez, though. I think that sounds right to me. Uh, and I didn't know his name was Jesus. That was news to me. So I realized today that if I took one of those quizzes on YouTube, I would not have done very well. Sure. So Candy and Grenda, uh, Mabel's best friends, decide that they're going to come over, help put together a birthday display. They may already be over because Candy kind of tried to bring in a surprise party for Mabel after she said she always wanted one. And Mabel just says to the camera, basically, too late. That was so funny. Mabel weirdly has some hilarious moments in this episode. I know. There's a, quite a few. And that was the first one that I wrote down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just out of nowhere. Like, whoa, Mabel. Okay. Uh, either way, while, Can while Grenda's working outside, Candy brings Seuss in with a blindfold. And they surprise him with a big happy birthday. So it's Grenda, Candy, Dipper, and Mabel. And lots of cake is there. Plus... Toby Determined, who in our last episode ended up removed from the Society of the Blind Eye. And I feel like there's an implication or a joke here that, hey, my name is the Razzler, Razzle, wait, Raz Dazzler. Razzle Dazzler, yeah. Yeah, something like that, right? So do you feel like this is directly related to him forgetting his memory? Like, oh, this is what I'm I doing now. Okay, so I have two theories about this. Because for, first of all, I in general, I think yes, but I have two reasons why. Yeah. So first of all, the line, this is my life now, because I feel like 
this is the thing that he replaced with the society of the blind eye but then we also get later like we get a little of we see him in the past doing right like practicing and i think the implication is that that memory of mabel doing that to him was erased wow okay uh so correcting the timeline which means it corrected the timeline whoa all right okay so i'm gonna skip ahead to what that moment means really quick because i feel like the context is important uh there's a point in this episode which we'll talk about more in detail soon where we're essentially going back 10 years in gravity falls history and toby determined is in this same outfit trying to like live his best life. And I think he says something along the lines of wanting to be a dance star. At least that's the implication. And Mabel basically shouts at him. You're going to fail, Toby. Yeah, Uh, pretty much. He goes, Oh no. So your theory is that because of this memory erasure that happens, perhaps the moment where he got discouraged by Mabel saying that thing gets erased in a way that he is able to once again live his best dancing life after being removed from the society of the blind eye yeah because technically that was a time paradox and those are bad right and actually i'm fairly certain that is maybe if not one of one of if not the only time paradoxes that they actually commit in the episode so technically speaking if that was the one that they did it wouldn't have been a paradox because their memory situation in the future would have undone it and actually corrected it without any need to fix it. My goodness. Listeners, if you're not confused and you followed it all, I applaud you. Uh, does that does that make sense? I think that makes make sense. sense. No, it okay, does. Nice. Uh, but I feel like it's going to be the kind of thing where I would normally have to listen to it three times to follow everything. I mean, um, I could be just putting my tinfoil hat on and maybe that that backstory was just a reference to, oh, this is why he decided to do this after his, you know, Society of the Blind Eye thing was over. But, like, I kind of felt it was more, impli- Im- you know, implicatory that uh, it was a timeline fix. But I don't know. Okay, fun. Well, we've now analyzed Toby Determines uh, yeah, I know. rolling Gravity Falls. So glad that, yeah. <laughs> that The big that's questions are being asked here. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, regardless of him, Seuss is suddenly sad and like, oh, what's wrong? Seuss like, I gotta go fix some things. Can I just Um, say, you never bust out a surprise party without asking, without knowing that somebody likes surprise parties ever. Absolutely. And actually it's even inadvisable to give surprise parties to people of a certain age because they might actually have heart attacks for real. So... I would be interested, like, if there was a census poll on, do you like surprise parties? Or would you like it if somebody threw you a surprise party? I would be shocked if it was that much over 50%. For me, my answer is contextual. You know what I mean? Yeah. In my own home, never. Get the f*** out of my house. (laughs) I do not want anybody surprising me walking into my front door. I will actually kick your ass if you do that. But, like... You know, if I'm, like, going to a public event with friends and I've already kind of planned my day and it already is an event that I'm already expecting to celebrate and then, surprise, we invite all your friends. Yeah, that's fun. I like that. Yeah. Okay. I think you've got to read this, the, the context for, for everyone. Sure. You know? I, I agree. This was a poor decision, and it's very quickly confirmed when Grunkle Stan and Wendy walk up and they already know. They're like, oh, no, guys, it's not your fault. You didn't know. Well, kind of is your fault. You shouldn't have assumed. But <laughs> yeah, I says, know. 
Seuss hates birthdays and has since he was a kid. Uh, great line, which is really the only significant thing from Stan in this episode. He says, yeah, I even positioned the government to have the day removed from calendars, and now I'm not allowed on airplanes. Shows like okay. a wanted poster. Can I just say what that implies that his petition may have been? That is a racy joke to make at that time in history, in my opinion. Whoa! Okay, hold on. This did not even remotely cross my mind. Uh, I thought he, like, held up a plane! Okay. Why else wouldn't he be Jeez. allowed on planes? I guess I didn't think about it that hard, but... Uh, this is I America! Think what else would he have done? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I feel like uh, that is probably as good of a guess as anything. It must have been something <laughs> know, right? pretty hardcore. Uh, yeah. Well, then again... No, wait... It, he would be in jail, not just, like, not allowed on airplanes, right? Would I feel like... he be in jail? Him, specifically? Oh, I Most don't know. people, yes. Would he? <laughs> it's this, the poster said wanted. Not not banned from planes. I just want to clarify. I think it said wanted. I think. Oh, okay. I don't re- I, uh, I didn't get a, a close enough look at it, but... I mean, I'm fairly <laughs> certain he does have several warrants out for his arrest. Fair. You know what it actually says to me, though, on a more positive note? How much Grunkle Stan actually cares for Seuss. He petitioned the government <laughs> to have the day removed for calendars for this employee's birthday. Well, let's put heavy brackets around petitioned. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not wrong. That does show dedication. Lots of dedication. He's <laughs> Anyway... <laughs> Dipper and Mabel want to cheer up Seuss after this situation, you know, because they understandably so. I guess, but also after a certain point, you're making the situation worse. Now you're doing it because you feel bad and want to make yourselves feel better a little bit. Oh my god, you're right. You know, true. As somebody who inadvertently does that kind of thing occasionally, uh, (laughs) I I feel like I was able to read that. But I, I also sort of get the sentiment. You don't I want somebody little, to be sad. I give a little credit because you're like, oh, I want to help heal this person's trauma. Like birthdays are so awesome for, this is the perspective of those people. It's like birthdays are so awesome for me. And it, it sucks to for me to see you have a bad memory associated that makes it impossible for you to enjoy it. So I want to help you get out of that. Don't chase that urge if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Just let people be who they are. Like, you know, it, let them approach you. You know, if somebody wants help, don't like, you know, throw him into a birthday party, you know? <laughs> <laughs> when people want help, don't throw him into a birthday party. Yeah. Lou Hester, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta remember that one. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, so Wendy does not, is not so sure if this is a, a good idea, but regardless, they blindfold him again. Susie even makes a joke about how, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. Oh, <laughs> oh, uh, George, George W. Bush made a similar mistake in the same type of way. Doubt it was intentional. Uh, I know. Yeah. Probably anyway, similar. Maybe an so, intentional citation. Do you want to know a very like weird observation that I had here? Hmm. Uh, Candy and Grenda are still with them through this entire thing, even when they go to the laser tag hall, and suddenly they just disappear from the episode and are never seen again. Oh my god, you're right. It's very strange. I, like, I had to think about that for a second, but I'm like, oh wait, you're right. They just like exit the episode without an exit line or anything. 
like for some reason they get brought into the episode as if Dipper and Mabel couldn't have just done. I mean, maybe it's to have more people there for the party and it can't be Wendy and Stan because they have a different role. I can kind of get that. But like, it is weird to at least bring them to the laser tag place. And then there's just no resolution. Uh, I think you might be right. I think it might've just been to fill bodies. Right. Um, And maybe they make as much sense as anybody else. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Robbie anyway. shows up for half a second. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. We, we actually get some funny Robbie moments in this episode. <laughs> that's true, uh, we do. So this is Big Guns Laser Tag. Uh, Seuss actually is pretty excited right now. Uh, and he's like, how did you all know? And Mabel's like, not because of your wallet. <laughs> uh, I... When that happened, I almost, I actually screamed. She's like, how did you know? Because we stole your wallet. Oh, we're such great friends. Oh, no. I know I didn't actually steal it, but still, it's fine. Again, see, as I go through, I'm going to remember how many good Mabel moments there really are. Um, Yeah, I know, right? uh, Random observation. Sometimes as I'm going through and I try to take notes, uh, I'll put something down and I'll be like, why is that in there? And then I get reminded later why it's important context, because they usually don't waste any lines. Um, oh, yeah. For example, huh, are these walls mattresses painted purple? And Grunkle Stan, in reply to Wendy saying that, says, oh, yeah, it used to be a mattress store. And then we move on, and I'm like, oh, weird. Uh, pays off later. Oh, I literally didn't notice that at all. <laughs> yeah, because that line was so fast. Uh, well, I noticed the line. I didn't notice the payoff. Oh, okay, cool. I thought the uh, line was just funny because I'm like, oh, yeah, places like this do just kind of look like cheap mattresses have been thrown up all over the place. Also, I, have you heard the mattress conspiracy? I have, and I'm going to say, to be honest with you, that that was my first thought of the reason it was in there until I found too. out it really was a mattress store because <laughs> there's a conspiracy that mattress stores are a money laundering scheme because they're everywhere and nobody ever seems to be in the stores buying things um yeah and and how often do people need a mattress like not that often and it's like a weird dealership i don't actually subscribe to this theory i just think it's funny to get people excited about it though yeah it's a very (laughs) funny conspiracy i like conspiracies that are fun and not like aimed at anybody's like death preservation that could actually like harm people's reputations now Um, are there some mattress companies that are maybe involved in money money laundering i mean i'd say most american companies there's probably some that are involved in money laundering that's just kind of a normal thing and mattresses would just be easier right i am not going to say on this podcast uh that there's no way any american businesses are involved in money laundering yeah exactly so why not a mattress store there's so many Uh, but maybe not all of them are part of it that's the that's the tinfoil part in my opinion (laughs) but yeah i definitely had a part of me that thought this was an inside joke oh it's grunkle stan money laundering like (laughs) go hand in hand right yeah like he was doing it too that would be so funny (laughs) sure (laughs) internally he's like you know there's money in these walls yeah yeah he's like yeah maybe uh he just sticks his hand through the wall and pulls out a wad of cash sticks in his jacket yeah literally so (laughs) but alas that was not actually the case uh there's a reason for this that we'll get to in a moment um seuss is feeling pretty good he decides you know what i am gonna have a good day with my friends today and as he forgets to tie his shoe and mabel and dipper run inside they get completely separated as the time police or whatever they're called have arrived and put them into this weird portal thing. 
this is one of my like I I don't I'm not saying I disliked watching it because I love when people like pull stuff like this off, but I hate the moment when you're like, oh yeah, person with abandonment issues, I'm not going to abandon you, and then they just literally immediately get abandoned. That always hurts me so much to see. Okay, I'm just not like, not I was no! I first I thought you were saying because you hate that trope, but you're saying because it hits you, it hits you. Yeah, like, just because it hurts me. No, I don't. Me I don't too. think it's a bad. I don't think it's actually even an overdone trope. I think that it's just like a sad thing that re- genuinely happens sometimes to people. I know. I was right there. Like Seuss is already having a bad day. It's. I literally was just like, no, why? Stupid Mm -hmm. time people. Worst ironic timing. Yeah, so we have the same two dudes that arrested Blendon Blandon. And now they are with him on this hunt to capture the kids. Um, (laughs) Seuss does think that he's been abandoned. And Blendon Blandon is there with his camouflage suit. And although he flubs the entrance, Dipper and Mabel are actually still pretty shook. They get the implications of this. Yeah, I mean, I'd be pretty surprised, too, if I was suddenly in a time cube. I'd be like, oh, no. I mean, also, truth be told, the very first thing I thought is, you need to get back to Seuss. And I kind of appreciate that that's actually their mentality, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. That's kind of the first thing that we get, because Blendon is saying, or I guess they don't remember his name, first of all. And he's like, how can you not know my name after you ruined my life? Uh, and he gives a little background, which is partially exposition so that the audience remembers what happened in the first episode where he got introduced. Just basically, they stole his time device to Winnipeg. He was cast out of the time removal crew and got a prison sentence. Um, but they basically say, uh, sorry about all that, but that's going to have to wait. It's our friend's birthday. Yeah, and he's like, no, it's time to do that is exactly what he's like. And, and then they go to the Shadow Realm, which Mabel hysterically calls a game show from Japan. You're so right. Yeah, the Shadow <laughs> Realm. Dang. Uh, yeah, they say, welcome to Globiner, and we're in the future. Um, yeah. And this is where we sort of get introduced to how this Coliseum works, which I already kind of explained in the beginning. Um, yeah, the, the Coliseum... I will say the system of this is so ridiculous that it's just like some weird series of like extremely random gladiator challenges like one of them they're on like a tron bike we see people fighting one guy just seems to be like falling through an infinity void there's just weird stuff going on and i feel like it's very oh weird stuff happens in the future and that's actually a good enough explanation but it is very silly yeah that's true um I think uh, that's also something that happens a little bit later on when we get that proper montage of all of them in there. Uh, Because there's a little bit of an escape attempt that happens first. Uh, Mabel basically tries to be a descendant of one of the guards and says, oh, you know, I'm your Gam Gam. And this guard (laughs) completely believes it. That's so funny. I'm your uh, great, 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 great Dipper standing behind her, like, moving his hand, like, keep adding greats, keep adding greats. And then he puts his hand up to get her to stop. Grand, grand! Yep, takes the tape measurer, the, the secret time tape measurer, which yes. uh, controls uh, where and when they are able to move. I guess just when, actually, because it seems like the placement is all the same, from what I gather. No way. They, they definitely are traveling in place as well. You think so? Yeah, I, I, I think, I don't, yeah, because I don't think that, like, Time Baby Prison was the same place. Yeah, no, I th- I'm pretty sure they can move in place as well. 
I mean, it's so far in the future. How are we to know? There's not going to be a laser tag spot there anymore based on how that place well, looks. If they're the time police, they could probably go to every location too. Yeah. And that would mean those devices do work that way because that's their main device for travel. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, so yeah, well, I'll, I'll agree with you then. I'll, I'll say that chances are it's where and when. Uh, and they decide they're going to go back to Seuss's birthday as this betrayed guard is like, Gam Gam, how could you? Can I just say, I also wrote down, like, wow, first you first you look into his wallet, then you straight up look at his past. Oh, man. How invasive. All of it. Yeah, <laughs> time travel can be invasive, as it turns out. Um, yeah, I mean, it's we're... not exactly looking into his memories, but it's not exactly not either. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing a timestamp of a place in time, and wherever you decide to go is where you may see certain memories. Um, granted, we don't even know what people remember, right? If you were to visit Seuss at one year old, he's not actually going to uh, have any recollection of yeah, that. I mean, that's true. Uh, and uh, that was sort of my way of uh, transitioning in and teasing that we are about to meet a different version of Seuss to sort of explore his past, because they're yeah. trying to go back to see him, they accidentally end up undershooting by just about 10 years. And the reason we know is because they are now in a mattress store instead of the laser tag arena that they were in. And that's the payoff yes. I mentioned before. Which I cannot believe of all of the things that I think about and notice about this show that I did not notice that. Yeah. But thank I, you for noticing that. No worries. <laughs> it's not even that big of a detail. We probably could have uh, gone through without even talking about it at all. But Oh, I thought small. it was a nice note. I like the yeah. little ones. Well, I just like that they never waste a line. You know, yeah. uh, Gravity Falls writers like to make sure that everything pays off somehow. Uh, yeah. Except for Grenda and Candy showing up in an episode, apparently. <laughs> uh, so the uh, guards are still after them. Dipper and Mabel, I think, are like hiding under a mattress. And they tell don't worry blandon you're gonna get justice why do they care i have a question here why, why the guards, do they care like why are the guards suddenly going from oh we need to arrest you now you have evoked um parlay whatever <laughs> yeah glorboo or whatever <laughs> sorry to get yeah. it wrong after i've said it twice um globnar globnar and I, i'm just i'm wondering about why suddenly he can do this and they are no longer chasing him. Why didn't he do this before he got arrested? Um, okay. That is a good question as to, as to the emotional turn of the war of the people, they're bureaucrats. They don't have emotions. They're just operating emotionally in accordance with whatever their job is moment to moment. I guess that's true. And the, so, and I'm saying oh this my also, God, I'm totally joking. That's a horrible thing to say about a person. <laughs> I never know. <laughs> there's, there's a, a a thing that I just realized might be confusing. So he is getting arrested in this cold open, but the implication is that he already spent a bunch of time in prison prior to that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's true. I, I just thought it was really interesting that these guards are now with him, helping him find the person that was responsible for this in the first place. It just like, why them? Uh, crazy why me timey time laws look time travel's a mess time travel yeah. is such a mess the minute you start doing a time travel story a lot of your narrative kind of just falls apart so i feel like it's kind of 
I think some things they're just kind of like, oh, I don't think too hard about that. You know yeah, well, I mean? And I think laws are a mess too. So that could have a very big deal to do with it. Facts. <laughs> also, yeah, I know. I said it, maybe it's just like entropy. Like we think it's bureaucratic now. And before you know it, our laws are being settled by Japanese game shows. Like we never know. <laughs> What's right happen? yeah we don't know where the law system is in the year 2762 20, 20, yeah. however you're gonna say that year number exactly uh, the, the, maybe maybe it's just trying to show that we are so removed from their cultural norms that our relative cultural experience can never fully comprehend the future law oh okay i i really love that much like how nobody can comprehend the present law Ah, all right, got there. So <laughs> let's get into what I actually consider the most fun part of the episode. When they run outside, it is now 10 years in the past of Gravity Falls, and we just get this amazing character sequence for about a minute or two of the citizens of Gravity Falls as we know them 10 years ago. And I'm just going to like mention everyone, Lou, and tell me if any of these like stuck out to you in a way that you want to give it further discussion. I just want to mention them because I found them all very fun. Uh, our bouncer, who we also know to be from the Society of the Blind Eye, getting his very first tattoo. And as we know him now, he's covered in them. Oh yeah, I loved that. That was great. I forgot to write that one down, but that was a great one. Yeah, we see one of our sheriffs with better hair. I don't even know what to call that hairstyle because I don't know hair, but I don't know if maybe yeah, you do. I, I don't. But it was a good <laughs> hairstyle. It was great. He looked very young. Yeah. Uh, we have Tiny Robbie chasing a kid. I don't know if we were supposed to know who the kid he was chasing was, but I didn't recognize them. I didn't recognize them either. But I definitely... What it, he had a line too, didn't he? Wasn't he just like, oh yeah, young Robbie. Yo, he, I think that was later. Or maybe oh, okay. he said it twice, but still so funny. Yeah, that's, that was so funny. So at that time, he just called himself Young Robbie. Yeah, it's all that's definitely like a fourth wall breaking joke, but For to the sure. degree. And yeah. I like that. I like yeah, I like too. when you can sneak in a joke. It's like, oh yeah, I guess that technically is a fourth wall joke, but it also just sounds like a funny thing that character would say. True. And you know the guy who goes, mm, get him. He uh is a hippie. So that's cool. That's oh yeah, I guess well, yeah, I guess that's true. The guy Voiced by Will Forte, <laughs> if I haven't said it enough times. Uh, oh, and that's right. Then, this is the wildest one to me. I need you to help explain what this means. And I don't know if you saw this too. It's the billboard that we see on the wall. It says, Bud's Auto just had a baby sale. And it is a picture of yeah. Gideon's dad with him having a baby. Is the implication here that he bought Gideon? Or that he is selling Gideon? Or neither? No, I think he's just like having an I had a kid sale. Oh my god. Oh, it's Jesus. like a... Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Oh my god. I... Clearly that was not an effective marketing tactic though. Definitely not. Um, clearly fooled me. I don't know if it's supposed to be like, oh, that's the joke. Um, I, I thought... Oh my gosh. I thought that he was makes... just trying to explain that he was born that year. That makes so much more sense. Uh, all right. I'm going to leave that there. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> oh, and this is also where we get Toby determined dancing with his dream before Mabel says, the dream yes. goes nowhere, Toby. Uh, yes. Iconic. And 
That's oh, what they see. We have one more validating scene of a past character. I want you to you to actually say say what happens. Okay, I'm going to do my best. So there are two young girls riding on tricycles. It happens to be young Tamri and young Wendy. Uh, as the group approaches, Tamri looks up to Dipper and says, "My friend thinks you're cute." So now they're... the first thought when I heard that was like, oh God, this is horrendous. No, no, no. Yeah. But then they don't worry, everyone. They land the plane. This could have gone, in my opinion, horrendously wrong. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> you're right. I, I had the but same fear. I was like, for the love of God, please don't turn this into a thing where Dipper is like, oh, she likes me in this universe. But <laughs> yeah, please don't tell me that like, I have to make a statement in this episode. <laughs> yeah. And uh, luckily not. Dipper says, that's really weird. And Mabel says, now you know how she feels, creep. <laughs> yeah. And Dipper goes, oh, oh. And that, I'm like, okay, you saved your ass. You saved it. Yeah, and we sort of, in a weird way, get a a tie-up moment Closure. with the Dipper-Wendy plot. Yeah, like, he's like, he really get like, it really sinks in in that moment. And I'm really glad that they make that the lesson. Absolutely. Because that could have been a shameless comedic opportunity that did not age well, and I'm glad it wasn't. <laughs> you're, you're so right. Phew. Dodged a bullet there. Um, Careful there. Well, anyway, the reason that we have not talked about the fact that Rick and Morty's voice actor has been Blendon Bland in this whole episode. Yeah, I was going to save that toward the end because I didn't know how much time we wanted to spend on it. But um, This was a funny time to mention it. (laughs) Yeah, when we're talking about things that didn't age well. um, Yeah. uh, Yeah, obviously, here's the thing. This episode, we got to talk about the commentary of Blendon Bland and his character. Uh, but definitely awkward and sucks because, uh, yeah, I don't know. We, we don't like his voice actor. Yeah. We do not like him. Yep. You don't need to look it up if you, uh, don't want to just trust us. The great great thing about it, the great thing about it is he always had annoying characters anyway. So it's not even like I have to be super attached. That's true. Blendon is very annoying. The literal most annoying voice from Gravity Falls and Adventure Time is canceled. I'll I'll never sleep at night. Yeah, yeah something. So there's a character toward the end of this season that was voiced by Louis C.K. And around the time is that where, true? Yeah. So around the time where Louis oh, C.K.'s right. allegations came out, uh, they ended up replacing the voice with somebody else, yeah. even though the character was very much designed to look exactly like Louis C.K., which is very awkward. Yeah. It was um, super awkward. I remember reading about that because I had forgotten. Right. Now, that was, a th- that was kind of a throwaway line or a throwaway character. I feel like it would be a lot harder for them to go in and replace all of what Lendon did and probably a lot of money that Disney just wouldn't be willing to pay to do it. Yeah, um, it's also a lot further from the air date, so I don't think it'd be worth it to them anymore. Yeah. You know, it's I not think- like it aired last year or anything, you know? Yeah. Trust me, if it went viral on Twitter, I guarantee you they'd get on it. But that's uh, a good point. I mean, it would be changed in the re-release. That's for sure. Sure. The DVD uh, copies or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, 
Uh, Dipper and Mabel this whole time have kind of been going to the mystery shack because as we see, uh, Dipper just knows where a toolkit is to potentially fix this tape measure that I don't believe I, uh, I uh, remember to say it broke when they got to this timeline, which is the reason they yes. weren't able to just easily correct this situation. Um, but once they get to the mystery shack, they see a little boy at a vending machine and we realize yes. that this is Seuss. And this is another paradox moment, which is interesting to me because Mabel goes over, me too. opens the vending machine in the same way that Seuss taught her to do it in the future. Okay. Mm -hmm. So look, getting into time stuff is messy, but this one actually, in my opinion, makes sense. Okay. And because um, I remember... Everybody, I recommend if you're into time travel, watch Steins Gate. It does really well. And I actually think the way that um, Harry Potter did time travel was actually really well done. Okay. Um, you know, despite despite how we feel about that writer as well, I right. think the time mechanism is um, not, not bad. And the reason that I think this makes sense is because when you have a paradox like this, it works when it's cyclical. And... I'm trying to figure out how to explain it. So, like, if someone else had taught Mabel that trick, this would not have worked. Mm -hmm. Because that is changing the timeline. But because Seuss is the one that teaches Mabel, and then Mabel is the one that teaches Seuss, there's some weird principle in time logic where that cyclical event makes it so it's not paradoxical. Whoa! I did not think about it that way at all. I almost thought the opposite, where... Where did the chicken and the egg start, right? Yeah. How is it possible? But, well, but in your theory... This time exists at all times. It's right. just a cyclical event that is in a circle, which makes it work. Honestly, this idea time that logic. time exists at all times is the most this concept has ever made sense to me. And oh, I feel nice. like maybe I you mean, explained I thought, I thought it to me that way before. For, a really long time. And you, for all I know, you explained it in the first episode that we talked about time travel. But let me just I, <laughs> experience time out of order one time and it'll make sense to you. <laughs> all right uh right now your explanation is hitting me in a way that i sort of i sort of understand um how that how that would make sense logically and i kind of love it yeah uh but yeah i guess that's just like a minor little note and i think that mabel even says something that's the same way sue says it do you remember what that was I, you said it in the beginning of the episode did i yeah you did it was like um oh my goodness me looking through my notes like i i need this it. moment I to pay said, off because i remember when you said it at first and i didn't write it down i was like oh yeah you you alluded to that because they say it again later i'm just this having a brain fart i don't even remember what i was talking about this is the power of editing it's all good yeah actually no it's something that sue says because he tells them a trick to give it open and he gives them everything mabel eat oh eats that's right yeah mabel's Mabel shows him the candy trick, and then he says, hey, thanks, dude. You're like a genius. So that's oh. him saying that, like, Mabel was the genius that taught him the trick. Did he remember that? Or was that just, like, he didn't make the connection because it was so long ago? And, you know, when you're a kid, you don't remember. You know, imagine when you're a child seeing a child. And you imagine them as being older than you. Yeah. And you know how that feels to like, you know, the, the phenomenon of looking at a fourth grader when you're in second grade and feeling like they're huge. 
Mm -hmm. but now as an adult, you feel like they're tiny. I could actually see that Seuss would not remember that that's the same person because it's so unlikely and the perception is so different from being that age versus this age. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that I would agree with that. Um, and by that logic, yeah, I, I do like the idea that this all happened to Seuss, right? There was nothing that got yeah. messed with that would be fully paradoxical. Yeah, because the timelines were closed. Seuss and Mabel taught each other. So what would have been a paradox wasn't a paradox because Seuss couldn't have taught Mabel if Mabel hadn't taught Seuss. So the paradoxes cancel each other out. Well done. Okay. Uh, dang, man. You, you got the time knowledge. You're dropping the wisdom. I just watch a lot of heady I am no expert and I'm probably wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for clarifying. Uh, <laughs> the important thing here, really, at the end of the day, is just that we are seeing a day in Seuss's life that is 10 years ago. Um, yeah. It is his birthday. And they're sort of speculating, whoa, what if this is the day where the thing happens that ruins his birthday? And they decide that they're going to take a break. Dipper has now fixed the time machine device. They're going to take a break and they're going to just go see what's going on at Seuss's place. Are you all ready for this to become a heavy episode? Yeah. Because so, it's going to. And I did not remember this and wasn't ready myself. I wasn't ready either. I also didn't remember fully. Um, even when it happened that Seuss didn't like birthdays, or we learned that Seuss didn't like birthdays, I didn't think it was something like this. No, and, I assumed it would be like, just just knowing cartoons at the era, my expectations subconsciously are just walking into expecting a trauma that's played off for laughs, honestly. Which, honestly, is kind of messed up that that's my expectation from cartoons, now that I'm thinking about it. Sure. I mean, but Gravity Falls is one point. of the early shows that started to do this more often. You know, yeah, it was kind true. of like the beginning of an era of the 2010 cartoons that pushed the envelope a little. Um, yeah. And with this... Oh, uh, fuck. There is a spider on my microphone. Oh, Whoa. Is oh. it big? It's not small. Oh, no. This is staying in the cut. Ah! Please be careful. You get it? I did! Ah! I think! You see it? No. How you know that you got it? Because ah, like, I mean, I look. It looked like I hit it. I saw myself make contact, but now I can't. Ah. Oh. All right, everybody. This is pretty dramatic. Um, I, I, I'm sure it's fine. Just a little. Oh no. Uh, I'm just. Do you know how many listeners on. are going to have anxiety right now about the possibility <laughs> of the spider still being there? Just know, None everybody. Will amount to mine. Like He's our actually time a very travelers, cute little spider. I really like spiders. I do my best not to harm them and to try to like carry them outside. But we're in the middle of a podcast, so I can't do that right now. Yeah, it's mildly intimidating to have it on my microphone. Right. Uh, so my listeners, listeners Sorry. if if you are anxious about the possibility of the spider attacking Lou, just remember that you are listening to this in the future to uh, sort of bring back the time element here. So whatever is happening right now in your life has already happened by the time that you are listening to this. So he's either fine or not. Technically by this theory, it's also happening right now, right? Hmm. Uh, oh my goodness. Yes, it is. All right. We're Which still following we're that. Both alive and dead right now at all, both times. Isn't that funny? Where is that yeah. spider? I want to believe that if you're not okay, I don't release the episode or if I do, uh, I, I don't know. 
I, I better not say anything for sure, because this might be a historic document, depending on how this goes. Okay. I'm gonna, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to assume everything is fine and continue, even though I didn't find the spider, and I'm a little not about that. Anyway. Great. Well. What an experience. We see Seuss's birthday party. He seems to be having a good time, and there's a kid at his birthday table that is in the seat of honor. And Seuss asks him to move because that's where his dad is going to sit, who he hasn't seen in eight years. My jaw hit the floor. I was literally like, oh, oh no. Oh my God. Oh no, this is the, oh no. And And Seuss is probably about eight. So not, uh, maybe maybe closer to like 11, because Seuss is like a young adult in the show, but he has not seen his dad for very many birthdays. Yeah, that's, oh. It's rough. The doorbell rings. He goes to it answer. Was, yeah, Not played for laughs on any level, I will say. No, definitely not. Um, and unfortunately, it's the mailman with a postcard from New Orleans. And he puts it in a box with the others that say, Hey, Seuss, I'll get to it next time. Love, Dad. And he's... Um, Now, look, I don't know his dad's life. Okay, I'm not here to judge people. But that's really rough for Seuss. Yeah, I mean, the implication is that a lot of these things are, Hey, I'm out partying and neglecting my son. Um, So, again... We don't know what goes on in his personal life for sure. There yeah. could be missing context there. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to judge somebody's situation without knowing. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know because everybody's got a story, and I hate to just like fall into the oh, you know, deadbeat, dead dads are deadbeats, so that must be what happened. You know what I mean? I just don't want right. to, I don't want to play that narrative because it's everyone's different. Sure, but also this is a written show, and I think it is the narrative they're giving us. Like, wow, you know, admittedly, what if, what if I, he's like. What if he's working and traveling? I don't know. It could be, but I think that if they wanted us to have that perception, then they probably would have written it differently. You know, well, yeah, I, they, they want us to think Seuss's dad isn't worth it, obviously. Sure. And uh, that's sort of how I think about it. Well, I'm sure that that's true, too. Yeah. We do get a little bit of levity because as Dipper and Mabel watch and they realize, oh, no, like this is the day Seuss realized his dad wasn't going to come back because of how sad he seems. Young Robbie comes up with a water gun, shoots him, says, hey, dorks, young Robbie. (laughs) Great. So good. You know, I will say the one reason I, uh, uh, just to to close that thought tangent, I do, the reason I say that is because of the other narrative that I see sometimes where a parent who's estranged from their family feels like they can't see their kid because they did something that they're really not proud of or embarrassed of. Sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I always want to open the possibility that someone's going through something like that. Yeah, no, I think that that's uh, really respectful and it's probably more real, right? Usually there's yeah. a couple different things going on. Doesn't make things forgivable necessarily, but... Um, Definitely, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make it right to anyone involved, but it makes situations make sense. And sometimes that can make people feel better about it. Like, okay, this person wasn't actively trying to mess with my life. It's not cool that they did it and couldn't control themselves, but at least I can understand how they got to be where they are and that there's greater systematic problems creating the small ways that people hurt each other in everyday life. 
Right. But Abuelita definitely doesn't believe that about this dad because she calls him a deadbeat and says that she'll tear him limb for limb if she ever sees him again. That's a good uh, point. This does happen. <laughs> and uh, she tries to reassure Seuss, but, you know, it's not really doing anything. Um, Dipper says, this is beyond anything that we know how to fix, which I feel like I really liked that line. Because yeah. um, sometimes some things are things you can't fix. And you kind of oh, yeah. need to not try too hard to do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the know, way that they resolve this is like sweet, but questionable in my opinion. You know, I actually really end up liking the resolution and I'll explain okay. why okay. when we get there. Um, but, but for now, in come the time travelers. They blow up a tree with young Robbie behind it who runs off and cries. Pretty funny. Uh, and Blendon... Uh, says, oh, the sooner I defeat these kids, the sooner I'm going to get my time wish. And then we get a little bit of an interesting conversation where one of the guards says, oh, if I had one, I I would wish to go back and spend more time with the kids. Um, and Blendon is like, you don't have, have any idea how powerful this could be. Uh, again, annoying voice that. actor. <laughs> I love that. What, what, what would you do? What would you wish for? Oh, man. I wish. So I think that it depends a little bit on the parameters. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what the rules are. Right, because I guess we're we're in this uh, idea that all time is present. So does that still apply here, do you think? Yeah. So it's not changing anything about the timeline. It's just adding something to it, potentially. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that they wouldn't just program in a paradox if those can be world-destroying, but, like, I don't know. This is a fantasy world. Sometimes there's stuff that's like, oh, yeah, this could just destroy our universe. I don't know why we have it laying around here, but it's here. Yeah, I think I'm always hesitant to change anything about my past. I've talked about this before, the whole butterfly effect thing, where I'd be worried about who I turned into if certain things were gone. Um I feel like if these time people are offering it as, like, a reward for this battle, then I feel like they've got the discrepancies of time problems covered. So you can you can consider that not a problem for this particular example. Okay, for this experiment, we'll say that. Um, I mean, I think it's a really hard call because you would kind of need to know the one thing to change. And also, like, how big of a deal is it? Um like, for example, if I was to try to help somebody uh, get their life on track, right? How, what does that even look like? Can I just have that be a general thing? Like, oh, I want this person to kind of be able to get it together and like live a fulfilling life. I feel like that's very broad. I feel like I would need to be able to be a little bit more specific. And I think that sometimes when you try to help people, it does more harm than good. Um, it's so funny. Your, I'm totally wish, your wish would be to help somebody? Probably. I, I think that I would not be as inclined to try to do anything to help myself. Um, but that's just because like, I feel pretty good about where I'm at. Uh, and to, I mean, maybe I would, Oh man, I don't know. Pull out an embarrassing moment, something that scarred me a little bit, something that I'm not proud of. Like if I said something to somebody the wrong way, um, really? But it's hard because, like, all part, all that's part of it. I know that this seems very minor. Maybe what I should actually do... Actually, here's the idea. Completely remove yourself out of it. Remove all of your people. Um, which is funny. I like that the guard said that he wanted to spend more time with his kids because I feel like that's very human. But... Uh, I love I, that, I, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think that maybe I would try to go for something on a grander scale, like, 
I don't know, yeah, work like, on something that could help climate change. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I might try to climate change. Climate change is kind of my issue. I thought about that one. Right. It's funny. I started thinking about it so small and then realized, oh, there's actually a lot of things that you could potentially do on a bigger scale. So I think, yeah. but that could totally like change everything about your life potentially yeah. when you go that big. Or right? the world. Yeah, me. Oh, I want to take out Jeffrey Bezos and Amazon. Ends <laughs> up in like a, a weird, like dystopian future, slightly more dystopian future. Exactly. You never know. Like you might be pulling something away and it has opposite implications of what you're hoping for. So I'd be nervous to touch it. Um, but yeah, so that's a little discussion that they're having about, you know, what they're able to do. But this is also the way that the kids are going to overhear what this power does. And they say, whoa, we could use this for Seuss. Of course. And this very selfless, <clears throat> they do decide to surrender and go to the Colosseum to have the battle in order to intentionally win this wish for Seuss. Um, honestly, that's pretty like next level friendship. I've got to give it to him. hardcore too. <laughs> like, whoa. And I will say it doesn't really make sense that they would win, but it's a cartoon. That's fine. Fair. There is a fun, funny moment where uh, immediately the guards are worried about these two children. And they're like, oh no, they're from the past. They might have powder muskets or slap bracelets. Uh, <laughs> loved that. I feel like I haven't seen a slap bracelet since that year. Uh, wow. That's probably true. I have not seen one in a very long time. I don't even <laughs> know what year they originated. Um, I know, right? But they, Depper and Mabel say no tricks this time. We're ready to fight. And they do. So, uh, they get taken to Globnar. And that is when we truly meet the Time Baby, I think. Uh, yeah. We've I'm seen Time sure. Baby before, actually, I think. But right, yeah. So we've we seen... Formal introduction. Right. Um... So basically, they just introduced the tournament. Uh, there's a little bit of smack talk between Blendon and the kids. And then the gladiatorial combat begins. Handcuffs are off. Uh, and that's when we get the montage that you were talking about earlier with some various time-related activities. I, I think the scoring system is hysterical because they're clearly making fun of the fact that there is no real rhyme or reason to it. It's like, oh, they're getting all these points. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. pretty neck and neck. Uh, and at yeah, the end of the they're day, just doing random ass events, and I'm like, "What is happening?" Blendon is up by one, and then they basically have to win laser tag. And instead yeah. of being up by two, they their score like skyrockets to the top. It's like, all right, so yeah, like Dipper just it, the way that okay, I will say that the way that they played this was really funny because Blendon's like, "You think that you're gonna win now, but as soon as the fog machines turn on, I'm really gonna." And Dipper just like stands point blank and just like laser hits him with that little button like 15 times yeah and they win and it's super anticlimactic and i was gonna say that like for gravity falls who's like tends to kind of have 10 out of 10 climaxes and action scenes i thought this one was kind of weak really i didn't hate it because i think the inside joke is okay that's what laser tag is i love laser tag i do too i i do too <laughs> uh so uh, that was like, you're you not yeah pretty fun i mean honestly i prefer the hokey ones i know there's a lot of laser tag establishments that take it really seriously um i've and, never oh, been to like a professional i bet it's sick though i'd love to go to a professional laser tag studio but sure i mean some of them are a little bit intense like it, it evokes uh you know Whoa. like a little bit more fear than i would be wanting out of my laser you got tag like big army dudes running around with like <laughs> ak-47 laser guns like that's what <laughs> 
Right. I, I, like in Orlando, there was a place like this that kind of existed and I didn't want to get anywhere near it because it was just too much. No, I think it's fun like an arcade. Well, yeah, I wouldn't go anywhere that has even the guise of guns in Florida. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, my feelings on Florida don't need to be too vocal right now, but I lived there Fair, once yeah. and I moved. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So yeah, they've they've won. Uh, that's it. Blendon has to uh, surrender because by the rules of whatever this is, uh, Dipper and Mabel get the time wish. So woo! Time Baby asks, before your time wish, what fate do you decide for the loser? And Mabel shouts, death! Death! <laughs> okay, I have to say, I wrote down after that line, Mabel gets one by my single point. She was so good in this episode. Um, she was. That one just yeah. was the, the icing on the cake for me. Because I, it's just so shocking to see. Oh, I would also like to point out that we saw a guy, like, obliterated to death on screen, like, five seconds before this scene. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. At some point during the episode, uh, I, I don't it might have even been in the beginning, or, uh, I don't know, at some point, where somebody loses the match and is like, oh yeah, this is what happens. And he just gets disintegrated in front of the rise. Yeah. And like his body gets like blown up, disintegrated. And I was like, wait a minute. That was kind of graphic. I don't see this in like the top five, like, like crazy gravity falls scene moments, you know, that are like in, in YouTube and stuff. But yeah. I felt like this was one of them for real. Like it didn't hit hard because they didn't spend any time on it. But I'm like, you kind of just like killed a guy on screen. Yeah, I'd give it maybe a top 10. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Let me know in the, there's not comments here, but just the discord, you know? Yeah. Um. Anyway, though, Dipper's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's calm down, Mabel. Uh, it was kind of our fault for ruining his life. Um. They say, he's too sad to be a real bad guy. Tell that to his voice actor. And they ask Wow, him, that was a good joke. And they decide that they're going to set him free, restore his position in the Time Guild, and give him hair. That was a good uh, joke. So, <laughs> he feels like hugging somebody and goes in for the guard, but the guard says, I can kill you in eight different ways. Different ways. Understood. You know, there was a lot of good jokes in this episode. Yeah, this was very funny. This one was surprisingly very funny for how much was in it. Yeah, and as for the wish, uh, they say, this wish is not for us. Time Baby asks, who is worthy to receive such power? And back in the laser tag arena, they find Seuss. Um, and they're looking pretty roughed up, understandably. They just went through gladiatorial combat. Um, yeah. And they try to explain <clears throat> the time travel shenanigans to Seuss, give him the lowdown. It's like, but it's your birthday, so we needed uh, to do this for you. And he just really appreciates that before they even tell him that he gets this time wish. And they they tell him, like, we think that what you'd want is to see your dad, but it's your choice. Uh, and also, he never told them to that. They, he never told them that in the present moment. So it's Seuss never questioned, oh, how do you know about my dad? Uh, which is fine. You know, we don't need to spend too much time on it. But well, that, I just I, I'm sure he kind of, I think he kind of got the idea that they were fucking around with time and probably found out. Yeah, pro <laughs> and maybe understood the implications. I think that's fair. Like, and maybe yeah. like why he was upset about the birthday in the first place. Um, but instead, he decides to repair their injuries and uh, says his birthday is about being with people who care about him. 
and that guy never cared. I literally cried when I was watching that because I was really? like, oh, that is what that's about. Like, or I mean, I mean, birthdays assign whatever meaning to things that you like, but like, you know, in terms of you choosing the loved ones in your life and caring about the opinions and the availability of certain individuals, it's important to choose those that are choosing you back. You know? You're right. It's such a great chosen family message. Like you said, he he says, my dad didn't care enough to visit me once, let alone fight time and space monsters. He yeah, like, like, yeah, exactly. Like, be be with the people that stick up for you. Right. Definitely. Blendon, so upset about this. You just used your time wish for that. Uh, but Seuss clarifies, well, I also wished for a slice of infinite pizza. And Blendon okay, and all of them are like, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. Infinite food is a good wish. Yep. That is a good wish. That was not a wasted wish by any stretch of the imagination. I support that. Uh, really good one. Um, and then we sort of, I, I felt like this was kind of strange. <clears throat> we do see that postcard that Seuss had from his dad in the shack. And I felt like they maybe creatively kind of put that in the shot for, the, for a reason. Um, maybe just one oh. last reminder. It's like, Oh, you know, that's in the archive now. Oh my god, it's the spider. No! No, 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 it's okay. Okay. It's okay. It, oh, you can save it. Yeah, I can save it now. Oh, this is what oh my gosh, what a it's moving. Do you mind if on. I actually just take one second to get this little guy Not out? Not at all. Thank you. Uh, I'll be right back. Listeners, one of two things are gonna happen right now. Either you will get an edit in which I sort of just cut around all of this and then oh Lou's back or I decide to filibuster for a hot second oh Lou is currently grabbing a piece of paper he is uh doing his best on, to bud. get it under the spider try to save it because Ooh. it's in a less threatening position at this point oh. um come on bud well it's not on my microphone right now now it's on the piece of paper oh he's doing it everybody I'm so back. proud I can still hear you Oh, good. Okay. Well, we'll see how far Luke can hear me as he uh, goes on this little adventure. Um, you know what's interesting? I feel like there was a time scenario for a second where it seemed as though the spider was gone. And then we found out the spider, in fact, survived. Uh, so, once again, the message of time and timelines rears its head. How's that for a stretch? Oh, I heard a thing. Sounds like the door has closed. And uh, I believe that Lou is coming right back in. Okay, I'm here. Fantastic. Well done. Everybody. I got it. Uh, Mission yeah. success. I love Spider it. Spider was unharmed. I must That's have lovely. missed when I swatted. Hey, listen, it was uh, meant to be along the greater timeline, as we say. Right? I'm glad I missed. Um, I wanted to give a little extra intel on the Infinity Pizza because that's actually the topic of Journal 3 today. Oh. There is a section in the book about the Infinity Pizza. Oh. It has some rules. So anyone can take a bite, but it will only regenerate after Seuss has eaten it, which stops it from solving world hunger. Um, oh my god, they, they put in a specific stipulation. That's so messed up. I know, a stipulation that world hunger will not be solved with this slice of pizza. The and first granted, thing that I thought was that, actually... I, I, I got that vibe from what you were saying. So I was like, I'm going to tie this back and let you know that unfortunately oh, no. your well wishes are uh, not rewarded in this case. Now I it would like, be the environment saved. The dairy industry won't be ruined. He got my wish. 
But even if it did work that way, how are you going to give the proper transport needed to truly solve world oh, hunger yeah. or cause all of these no, problems? It's only one slice of pizza. You'd have to make all food infinite for that to work out. Could Zeus have wished that everybody in the world had one? I don't think so. I'll bet they'd be like, nah, that's too much. Right. Yeah, I wonder about what the regulations are and the rules. Um, I feel like infinite food is also, like, problematic because technically if, like, let, like look, for example, people are like, oh, yeah, infinite pepperoni pizza. Pepperoni comes from living things. So where are you going to get that? Hmm. Okay. So you think that there's a resource allotment issue? Yeah, like, you can't just, like... Let's say, yeah, like you can't just infinitely start birthing conscious living things just to be, well, I guess we do that, so. I mean, that's, yeah, literally how it works, unfortunately. Uh, could there yeah. be a world where maybe it's <laughs> fake and would people take issue with that because they've got to, they've got to be like, no, I need my meat freshly killed, which is, you know what a lot of yes. people would say. That is, well, which is also exactly hypocritical because everybody just goes to the grocery store. Even if it tasted exactly the same, the second that they knew, it would suddenly be a problem, right? Yeah, um, I mean, like, yeah. There, there's, there's no world. The environment screwed. Sorry, Lucas. Did you well, got that. <laughs> you know, it's a little flavor of you. Do I really want to? I don't care. <laughs> I'll think about it. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, those are the rules of the pizza. Also, uh, Seuss can ask for different pot toppings. The pizza will obey. Um, he built a carrying case for it. Uh, looks like he's carrying the world's tiniest, most triangular ukulele. And there's a grease spot on the journal where the pizza got grease on it because it's apparently greasy. Yeah, only other thing in Journal 3 is that there's some details about the time, baby, but there's not really anything worth sharing beyond what we saw. It's just Dipper kind of making his observations. And... Oh, the did we talk about the... Okay, yeah, yeah. That was exactly yeah, no, was literally, we're uh, on the same page today. Uh, yeah. End credits. Seuss, as a little child in this sequence, finds a screwdriver with the name Mystery Shack on it and tries to return it. And we get the origin of Seuss working there uh, because Stan has just kicked out his handyman and fired him, asks six-year-old Seuss, or however old he actually is. I know he's older than six. Um... Hey, you know how to fix a golf cart? And hires him on the spot, gives him a shirt that says one size fits all, which he eventually grew into as an adult. And there's yeah. just this look of pride from little Seuss. And I love you know, this. You know what I thought the look was supposed to indicate? Now, I'm not a fan of the, I'm not a total fan of the narrative of like, oh, you know, X person doesn't have a mother and father figure, so they need a replacement for the nuclear family dynamic. Like, I don't believe that that's a biologically innate thing on any level. Mm -hmm. However, I do think that this look was kind of supposed to be like, like, oh, like, you know, an adult that cares for me, an adult that paid attention and wants me around. Yeah. Not his dad. That's nice, you know? And I don't think that, I think you can have more than two people like that in your life that are adults too, you know? Sure. I think that's a good note to, <clears throat> to say, but you liked yeah. it anyway. Oh yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like I, 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 uh, I loved that he looked up and kind of thought like, oh, this is the loving, you know, adult figure that I can feel secure with in my life. And I think that that actually was indi indicating that Seuss kind of gravitated to this community for that reason. And that's really sweet. 
I love that, man. Good observation. Um, I feel like I know where your points went, and they're probably the same as mine. But. Oh, yeah. You sort of gave away one point for Mabel. Yeah. Two points for Seuss. Of course. Of course. You kind of have to. So I'll be honest. I had the slightest temptation to put Mabel over Seuss because of how many great uh, moments Mabel she gave us. Lines. I just got so much wonderful humanity from Seuss. And, yeah. you know, any show that gives time to give complexity to a character that could just be written as a throwaway gag joke. I love that. I way love seeing Seuss's background and family life and emotional struggle. I think that him not getting that would make me significantly less appreciative of the show as a whole, actually. Like, I think it's a yeah. big deal that they include moments like this for their side characters. Um, so, yeah, I love it. I thought it was great. Awesome. I totally agree. Uh, that's why I also gave two to Susan, one to Mabel. Uh, for Journal 4, when this episode, or sorry, when the time travel episode aired in season one. Yes. Uh, we talked about time travel for Journal 4. Um, okay. And we had a great discussion about that. So this time I was thinking we could totally stray from it, but I didn't want to. Instead, I want to talk about time travelers. Have you heard of the phenomenon of photos that people say prove that there is a time traveler involved because they yeah. look so different from the other people in that era? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I've heard so stuff like that. not necessarily only talking about photos, but I want to talk about the idea that perhaps time travelers have been here already. So this is the thing. I, 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 my belief in this is literally split in two completely different directions. Because my understanding of physics makes me believe that it shouldn't be possible to travel backwards in time, but only forwards, actually. Right. I think that that's something that you said. Um, because because it, it has to do with like wormhole theory and which we can know, get into if you feel like that's something that you want to bring I mean, into the equation. I'm just not smart enough to talk about it in a way that's like helpful for an audience really. Yeah. But like you know, the way that I think I understand it is like if, if time, and this is how we, we assume time moves is based on the speed of light, right? Because the theory of relativity is everything is relative, right? So like if a ball is traveling outside a car at the same speed as the car, the ball can land inside the window of the car and it's not like the car is going to destroy it or anything. But if it's traveling the same speed in the opposite direction, obviously there's a problem, right? Mm -hmm. Hence relativity is in effect. If you're inside of a moving thing your your own weight is based on the relativity of that movement as opposed to the movement of outside where you would stop moving and it would keep moving right sure um and that's how like gravity plays into this and and you know there's if you're interested in science and time go study not a cartoon channel for this information yeah. um but uh on the other hand i'm also way open to things that I don't know and things that science has yet to have understood or understand in many different ways. Yeah. And the idea of something being able to time travel really doesn't seem that crazy to me. Um, maybe I just watch a lot of movies, but like, it doesn't seem like that far out of a concept, especially if it's pretty proven that you could do it forward already. 
like yeah i mean pretty likely that some being out there has done it in the past the question is of it being humanity tribal tribe time traveling backwards i doubt the the chances of a person from the past traveling to the future because they got caught in something weird i think is more likely and the chances of it being a different species or alternate timeline is the most likely okay well said um yeah, I think that when I look at some of these old black and white photos where people say this is time travel proof, most of it is just people who appear to be looking at a smartphone or have something that appears to be like a mobile phone next to their head. Oh, right? really? Oh, okay. I didn't know about that. I thought it was or, like, like, oh, this person's the same as, as this person in the future. There's a little bit of that. People say that Vladimir Putin, there's photos of him from like 1920. That's uh, pretty good. It's, it's always famous funny. people, of course. <laughs> right, somebody who's like, oh, look at this version of Jimmy Fallon with a mustache from a long time ago. They're clearly the same person. It, it like, has to be people you can't ask, though, because that's the only way the conspiracy will work. <laughs> yeah, so I find it very funny more than anything else. Like, oh, look at this hipster with sunglasses and all of this. Like, yeah. they don't belong there. A, I bet most of these were photoshopped. Uh, oh, B, yeah. even if they weren't, there's all kinds of explanations that are more reasonable than time travel i think that if it was a real thing if we were at a point where like people from our era were going back i don't know i feel like i would be more likely to see things that are way further in the future right because you would think that time would have gotten to a point where you're seeing things you can't even fathom in those photos not just oh here's a smartphone totally oh yeah yeah like like why why is the technology stop at what happens to be current right now exactly that's where it starts to get like phony Should, shouldn't uh, it be phony shouldn't it be the uh <laughs> it should technically be the technology from the era in which time travels invented you know right uh, however there are have you heard of the theories of like different governments having like actually looked into and studied and practiced with potential time travel theory I mean, I definitely believe it's the case only because I know how much there is to the speed of light and how if the speed of light could be traversed, then there's like really legitimate reason to yeah. think that some kind of well, time travel could be possible. So yeah, I, I believe that they've looked into it. I think the way that that they that it makes sense is if you go faster than the speed of light, you're moving quote unquote faster than time because the way that we perceive reality is based on light reflecting off of things and right. us experiencing that in real time like you know me experiencing you is because all of the photons and energy particles that you are emitting and everything around us is emitting are all bouncing to and from us and it takes time for it to get there even though it's time that's impeccably small that we can never measure um so theoretically if you can go faster than that then I could walk to your house and be back here without any time, quote unquote, having passed. But it was really, I just moved faster than your ability to perceive what is moving. Which might actually also have an effect on age because we don't know how that works. But Yeah, uh, that would be a wrinkle. Because, <laughs> you, you know... Because there was age. a book? Was no, because age. Oh, you get oh, wrinkles on your face. Wrinkle in time. Oh, okay. Oh, but a wrinkle in time also happens to be the name of a book that I hated. Sorry. Oh my god, I didn't know. That's so funny. Sorry, I never sorry, read it. what a bunch of awards. I thought that the movie was better than the book, and the movie wasn't that great. 
Oh, hot takes over here. Sorry. I know people love that book. Um, Do they? I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Uh, dude, we've run the gambit today. This is a great discussion. I feel like, yeah, this, uh, was a, this was a really good one. I actually didn't expect this episode to provoke this kind of conversation fully. Really? Um, yeah, yeah but... I didn't either. It, it felt weirdly mid for how much was in it. True. The end credit ciphers. Don't do the crime if you can't do, wait, actually it's more complicated than that. Don't <laughs> do the time crime if you can't do the time time. We love rhyme rhymes. Okay. Last, the very last oh. scene where they kind of flash the book. Join the time paradox avoidance enforcement squadron. Great hours, solid benefits. Sign up yesterday. Huh, great hours. That's pretty funny. And I guess on the ticker behind the statue of the time baby in the cold open, there's a cipher that uh, translates to capacitor. Don't know what the relevance could be for that. Huh. Um but I don't know. Might be oh. worth looking into more if you're curious. Oh, I think it's a reference to another sci-fi property that's a device that does time travel. Oh, a flux capacitor. Is that it? Oh, it must be. Is that Back to the Future? I don't know. All right. Uh, I've, we've stayed on this long. Flux capacitor. Back to the Future. Yep. Wow. Hey, my, my, my sci-fi jank memory pulled that from the fathoms. I guess I recognized it. I love that. And I think that if they had put flux capacitor, it becomes a copyright issue. So they had to just do a uh, capacitor. So funny. how about that for a back to the future reference at the very uh, end of good. our podcast here? Good. I'm uh, glad. That's a good thing. I mean, you know, for one of the most iconic films for time travel ever, that's great. I wish they had yeah. referenced. I hope there was an HD well reference somewhere in there that we missed too. Oh, I love the time machine book and oh, movie. Unlike Wrinkle in Time. <laughs> yes. Unlike Wrinkle in Time. I also like that. I love, yeah, Time Machine's great. Excellent. All right. Well, everybody, this has been so much fun. This podcast is brought to you by the Brazilian Dragon Podcast Network. Uh, the Brazilian Dragon feed has a lot of other great shows and movies that they rewatch over there. You can find more of Lou and I by watching Jester Brothers Cartoon Theater on YouTube. As you know, we've got social media links in the description, plus that Discord that we always mention. It's very fun to chat there. Not just about Gravity Bros, but about all kinds of cartoons. Five-star reviews are always appreciated on iTunes. Help new listeners find the show, which I still haven't followed up on. Sometimes I'm afraid to look at the iTunes ratings because I'm, oh, I'm, no. I'm worried that like somebody has come in and just like tanked You'll us. You'll get a bad one. Oh, no. Yeah, but... Uh, most of them have been very positive so far. Hopefully that's still the case. I'll check soon. Uh, and thanks, Tessa Scarborough, for the cover art. It's so good. We'll see you all next week. Happy sleuthing. <laughs>